0: Good morning. We'll start with the challenge questions today so you can listen for answers. High school, of the four lessons from the allegory that we will discuss, which one stood out to you and why? Middle school, how do we become unshaken in our faith? Elementary school, which prophet was Jacob teaching from when he taught the allegory? Kindergarten, what does the tree represent? So in teaching his people, Jacob quoted the allegory of the tame and wild olive trees, which was originally given by a prophet named Zenos and was included in the brass plates. Jacob used this allegory to teach that the Lord would seek to bring salvation to all people, even to those among his covenant people who had turned away from him. Now maybe you've made mistakes that you feel terrible about yourself or you feel guilty, just awful. And maybe you have questioned if the Lord still loves you. I suppose we've all had experiences like that where we aren't at our best. Well, this story or allegory is found in Jacob chapter five and it is about God's work with the house of Israel. He compares them to a grove of olive trees, each tree being an individual person. The trees are starting to decay and die, or in other words, the people are making bad choices and turning away from God, from covenants and entering into apostasy. Now God has some choices here. He can wash his hands of the whole thing and say, oh well, or he can work with the trees, the individuals, to bring them back and make them spiritually healthy again. So with real trees, how is this done? Now our fruit trees have been ignored for years. Some are tilted in odd directions. Disease has set in. Insects are eating them. Leaves are yellowed and diseased. And what we learn from that is ignoring them doesn't help them. And the Lord will not ignore his people. In the allegory, he works hard with the trees. He notes that some are in really poor soil. And think about it. His people are in different circumstances in life. He digs around the roots. He prunes dead branches out. He fertilizes. He grafts branches in from wild trees. He cares for each and every tree. And what is remarkable here? is the individual nature of the concern, the work and the desire to save each and every one. In the allegory, the word preserve is used 20 times. He has a great desire to save, to preserve every single tree. In other words, every single person. So what lessons do we learn about the character of God and of Christ in this story. Lesson one, Jacob five, verse seven. It grieveth me that I should lose this tree. Now notice he doesn't say these trees, he says this tree. The lesson here, he's concerned about every one of us, no matter where we are in our journey, regardless of the mistakes we've made. Lesson two. Jacob five verse twenty, for behold, said he, this long time have I nourished it. The lesson here he doesn't give up this long time. I have nourished it. He tells us over and over in this allegory that he has nourished his trees a long time Lesson three jacob five forty one he's weeping. And he says, what could I have done more for my vineyard? And in Jacob 5.49, I have done all. The lesson here, the master is willing to do all to save his vineyard, each tree, each one of us. President Dieter F. Uchtdorf, then of the first presidency, said, God loves you in this very day and always. He's not waiting to love you until you have overcome your weaknesses and bad habits. He loves you today with a full understanding of your struggles. He knows of your sufferings. He knows of your remorse for the times you have fallen short or failed. And he still loves you. Lesson four, Jacob five sixty through 63. There's some standout words. Preserved. Preserved the roots. Preserved. But the one that really stands out to me is again, and it's repeated again, again, again. The standout word, this standout word is the root of the lesson here. And the lesson here is the master gives second chances, third chances, as many chances as it might take to save the tree. His work is you. He loves you. He gave all and the atonement for you. His work is me. He loves me. He gave his all and the atonement for me. His work is individual. That's the take-home lesson of this allegory. Jacob talks often about not being shaken in his faith. How does that happen? How do we become unshaken in our faith? In Jacob 4, verse 6, Wherefore we search the prophets, so in other words, study general conference and the scriptures, we have many revelations, Elder Bednar invited us to live in revelation, and the spirit of prophecy, which we know is the testimony of Jesus Christ, and having all these witnesses, we obtain a hope And our faith become unshaken. Now, Jacob's last chapter, which is almost a P.S. to his record. I need to tell you this one experience before I close. He talks about an experience he had with Sherem, whose desire and mission is to shake people's faith. He especially wants to shake Jacob's faith. So how does Jacob do? in verse 8 and behold the lord poured the lord god poured in his spirit into my soul insomuch that i to confound him in all his words jacob lives in revelation in verses 10 and 11 and i said unto him believest thou the scriptures and he said yea and i said unto him then ye do not understand them for they truly testify of christ Behold, I say unto you that none of the prophets have written nor prophesied, save they have spoken concerning this Christ. So Jacob searches the prophets and the scriptures. Verse 12, and this is not all. It has been made manifest unto me, for I have heard and seen, and it has also been made manifest unto me by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore I know If there should be no atonement made, all mankind must be lost. Jacob has a testimony of Christ, the spirit of prophecy, witnessed by the Holy Ghost and the scriptures. Now Jacob's son Enos, which we will start studying next time, adds to this discussion of being unshaken in our faith. After long hours of prayer and having received answers that he was seeking for, he states, <clears throat> And after I, Enos, had heard these words, my faith began to be unshaken in the Lord. So let's add to that list that we just made, prayer. His faith is unshaken as he received answer to prayer. President Nelson just sent us all an email. And in it, he states, I invite you to think deeply and often about this key question. How do you hear him? I also invite you to take steps to hear him better and more often. That's our challenge. That's our work. Let us remember that the Savior loves each of us and has done all that we might come back to our Heavenly Father. Let's listen to him, hear him better and more often. Have a great week, everybody, and remember the Savior's admonition to come follow me.